Father who is in heaven. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We're so glad to have a heavenly Father. Jesus, we're so glad to have a big brother like you. Holy Spirit, we're so glad you've moved in and made our hearts your home. Welcome. Hallowed be your name. In our worship today, in our work, in school tomorrow, in our play this week, may we lift up and make much of the name of Jesus. Your kingdom come. King Jesus, help us to follow you this week. Help us to spread your kingdom, the good news of the kingdom. King Jesus, we look forward to that day when you come back and your kingdom is here in all of its fullness. We pray that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help us to delight in doing your will. And may it become infectious. May others see us delighting in doing your will on earth as it is in heaven, and may they join us. Give us this day our daily bread. You know our financial needs as individuals and as a church meet our needs. And all of our physical needs, broken bodies, so many needs meet our needs. And we think of our relational needs, and, and we pray that you would forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Lord, we confess our sins to you and ask you to forgive us. And Lord, as you forgive us, help us to forgive those that have wronged us this week. And we pray for our spiritual needs that you would lead us not in temptation, but you would deliver us from evil. Deliver us from our flesh. Deliver us from the world that puts us pressure on us to squeeze us into its mold. Deliver us from the evil one who wants to deceive us and devour us. And we pray as we open your word that you would teach us today. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is right about in the middle of the book. And we're going to read verses 9 and 10. <clears throat> if you have your Bible, you can turn there with me. If you don't, bring a Bible with you. It's really good to get familiar with God's word. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. There were two brothers and they were, they were violent and immoral and vulgar. They were really, really low life and one of the brothers died. The other brother went to a local pastor and said, uh, I'll give your church $200,000 if you'll do a service for my brother. And there's only one condition, that during the service you call him a saint. He thought about it for a while. He said, okay. So the day of the service came and the, the pastor said, this guy, who's my, this guy who died, he was immoral. He was a liar. He was a cheater. He was a low life." And then he looked at his brother and pointed to his brother and said, but compared to his brother, <laughs> he was a saint. <laughs> so he told the truth and he got the money both, right? That's what he did. Um, we just had an offering a, a few minutes ago. You ever wonder why? Why when we gather together we take an offering? Do you ever wonder why? That's what we're going to explore today. Uh, the point of today's message 
is that giving is an act of worship. We're going to learn that, that giving is an act of worship. We're going to take a two-week break from going through 1 Peter and explore giving your favorite subject. Um, let me help you get there. A few years ago, a few years ago, we realized that we were way more effective at winning lost people than we were discipling people. And so we decided that we wanted to become much more intentional about discipling those we win to faith in Christ. And that's when we started producing the study. On your seat, there should be a November study. Please pick it up. This is one of our disciple-making tools, and I'm going to walk you through it just a little bit. If you turn to the first page, we changed our purpose so we could be more, more intentional. And we said that our purpose as a church is to make disciples together. We want to not only win people, but we want to make disciples who can make disciples. And then if you turn it to the next page, we really want to make disciples Jesus-style. And as we've been looking at the life of Jesus, we saw that Jesus would win lost people. And so we want to win lost people. And when Jesus won people to him, he built them, and so we want to build a believer. And then he would take the believers and he would equip the worker, and then he would multiply disciple makers, so we want to equip and multiply like we see Jesus did. Remember back in January, I issued a challenge, and, and I asked you, how many of you would like to win one person to faith in Christ? And many of you said you'd like to. And, and the challenge was to win one and to make one. And because I like to lead and not push, that's what I was praying. And God gave me an opportunity to lead Bobby to faith in Christ. And when Bobby came to faith in Christ, I got together with Bobby and I said, Bobby, um, I'd, I'd really like to disciple you. If you'd like to become a disciple and a disciple maker, so pray about it. He prayed about it and he came back and said yes. So we've been meeting ever since January before our small group. And what we did the first week that we were together, I got him a study and we opened it up. And I said, here's where we're going. We start off as lost people and we win the loss. Now you've become a believer, so I want to build you. And then after that, I'm going to equip you and then I'm going to multiply you, okay? And then we began to walk through build a believer. I said, as a believer, Jesus now says, follow me, but we can't follow him if we don't know him. So we need to learn to, how to abide in Jesus. To, to abide is to be with a friend who loves you and stay there. And so I began to equip him about worship, the importance of meeting in worship and small group, and then to spend time with Jesus in his word and prayer. So I got Bobby a Bible, and uh, I said, this is important, and, and I want to show you in the study how to read the word, and we practice that and how to pray the word, and we practice that, and then how to share the word. And then with his Bible, I took him to the front, and this is, this is important. Did you know in the beginning there's a table of contents? Did you know that? So I took Bobby there, and I said, Bobby, there is an Older Testament and a, new, a Newer Testament. I like that, right? Most people call it the, but it's not old, it's older. And the new is newer. And then I said, Bobby, the Bible is like a library. It's not like a biography. Yes, it starts with creation and it ends with Jesus coming back, but it's not arranged chronologically. You know, you go in a library, right? And you have what? Fiction and nonfiction and science and history. That's how the Bible is. The first five books in the Old Testament are called the law. So that's one section. And then you have the historical books. And then you have the wisdom section. There's a whole section in the Bible on wisdom. If you want to be wise, that's a good place to go. 
And then you have the prophets. In the same way in the New Testament, you have the historical books, the beginning, right? The Gospels and Acts. And then we have letters, and then we have Revelation. There's different sections. And when we under, want to understand Scripture, it's really important to know what section of the library it's from. So this morning, our Scripture reading was from Proverbs, and Proverbs is in the wisdom section. It's not called the book of promises. It's called the book of Proverbs. And what are Proverbs? They're wise sayings. Wise sayings that say, listen, life generally goes better when we live like this, okay? So I helped Bobby begin to, to read the Word. And then, since he had never been to church, I began to orient him toward worship. I wanted him to understand why we worship and what's involved in worship. So I shared with him our definition as a church of worship. <clears throat> Listen, so when you're discipling someone, here's what you can teach them. You see, worship is our loving response to God's revelation of himself. God's revealed himself. So worship is our loving response to God's revelation of himself in creation. It could be praise. It, 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 it could be thanksgiving. It could be confession. It could be listening. It could be obedience. But it's our response to God's revelation of himself in creation, his word, and Jesus Christ. So many times people say, well, smile. I don't have to go to a church to worship. And you know what I say? You're absolutely right. As Christians, our whole life is meant to be one of worship. I mean, I love to serve, don't you? You're out on the ocean when the sun's coming up and you have the waves, how can you serve without worshiping God and saying, wow, this is amazing what you've made for us to enjoy? I mean, we have six kids. When our children were born, what do you think I did? I worshiped the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, when I eat cheesecake, <laughs> I worship the Lord. This is so good. Thank you, right? All of life is meant to be worshipped. So there is personal worship. Our whole lives are one of worship. But there's also corporate worship, I taught Bobby. We also come together, and that's important. Because I only know of one thing the Bible says God seeks. And you know what it is? It's worshipers. It's worshipers. In John chapter 4, look at this verse. Jesus is speaking, but an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Do you think when God looks over the world there's anything that breaks his heart? Do you? But every Sunday morning he shows up. Don't you want to be those worshipers that you're here and you're excited and you worship him with your spirit filled with the Holy Spirit, with your mind engaged, your emotions engaged, your will? Don't you want to worship him in spirit according to his word? Don't you want to bless his heart? That's what he's searching. That's what we have an opportunity. Worship is our loving response. And so when we gather together, what do we do? We sing to one another and we sing to the Lord. What do we do? We pray. What do we do? We hear his word. What do we do? We give because giving is an act of worship. And on the first Sunday of the month, when we gather together, we have a special meal together. And then at the end of the service, we have a benediction where God blesses us and sends us out into the week. Um, 
So we talked about the importance of worship. Now, after I helped Bobby get established in a lifestyle of abiding in Christ, of worshiping regularly and uh, being involved in a small group and spending time reading his word and praying. And you know, Bobby became a Christian in January. He's been reading with us through the New Testament. He's, he's almost to 1 Peter now. And so the first year he's a Christian, with other people, he will have read all the way through the New Testament. Um, it's been so much fun to read with someone who's reading the Bible for the first time. So then after we set up the abiding lifestyle, then we began to open up God's Word and ask questions from Jesus, like identity question, who am I? And we looked into God's Word to answer that. And community, where do I belong? And we looked into God's Word. And purpose, why am I here? And then we got to money. Money, what would Jesus have me give? And you know what we did? We opened up God's Word and read what His Word said. I don't know if you've ever turned to the back of the study, but if you turn to the back of the study, there are Bible verses for each point in the disciple-making map so that they're right there for you that you can help equip someone. And when it comes to money, what would Jesus have me to give? The first verse that's listed there is Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. So I'm doing with you today exactly what I did with Bobby. We're coming to Proverbs 3. Um, so, what would Jesus have me to give? And we give when we come in worship. So, so back to Proverbs 3, verse 9. Notice the, the word honor. The word honor, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the word for honor is kavod, which means to be heavy. That, to be honored, to be important. That, that God is heavy, he's big, he's important. And in our lives, the things that are heavy, the things that are precious, the things that are important to us, we give to, don't we? I mean, you like to fish? If you like to fish, aren't you always spending money on a new rod or a new reel or a new net or bait? Aren't you always spending money because it's heavy and important, right? Or, or maybe you like to shop and so you're always spending money because that's heavy, that's important. Maybe your spouse is important to you. Maybe your kids are important to you. And because they're important, what? You're always spending money. And so, when Jesus is important to us, when Jesus is precious to us, when he's heavy to us, then we honor the Lord in our giving. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Um, so, listen, uh, giving is, is a part of worship, and worship is our loving response to God's revelation of himself in creation, in his word, and in Jesus Christ. So I want to share with you three reasons that we, we gather and we give. And the first reason we gather to give in worship is to honor him, is to honor Jesus and to thank him, to honor and thank him. Let me show you an interesting verse in Romans chapter 1. Look at this verse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Gospel means good news, but the gospel has bad news. And the bad news is that all men, all men in their heart of hearts, know there's a God. And you say, well, how do people know there's a God? 
because God has clearly revealed himself to us in creation. All of creation testifies to the creator. Not only has God revealed himself in creation, he's revealed himself to us in our consciences. In our consciences, we all know right from wrong. So all of us know God, but we don't honor him or give thanks. We suppress the truth and we become darkened in our understanding. We, we don't honor God. God, how would you have me to live? We say, God, don't tell me how to live. And giving thanks, all of us, we're picnicking in God's picnic grounds without giving God thanks. Isn't it true? Do you ever hear anybody in America complain? Ever hear anybody? How many people do you meet who continually overflow with thanksgiving to God for how good God has been to them? Listen, we've all sinned against God. We've not honored Him. We've not given thanks. And listen, our sin is far worse than we imagine. In Romans 6, 23, look at what the Bible says. For the wages of sin is death. Um, I hear a lot about justice today, and justice is really important. But uh, justice means you get what you deserve. And do you know what we would get from God if we got what we deserve? Because we've not honored God, because we've not given thanks, the Bible says the wages, what we've earned is death. And death isn't simply a physical death when our bodies and spirits are separated. Listen, nobody says this anymore, but we need to hear. Death is eternal death. It's hell. It's the separation of our body and spirit from God forever. Once we understand the bad news, we've not honored God. We've not given him thanks. What we deserve is hell. What do we do? There's nothing we can do, but God has done something for us. For the wages of sin is death. Listen, but... The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The good news of the gospel is you can get what you don't deserve rather than what you deserve. Instead of wages, you can get a free gift. It's eternal life and it's in Jesus. Do you know who Jesus is? Jesus is God the Son who put on flesh. And he came to earth to seek and save us. He, he lived the life that God requires that we never could. And then he went to the cross. And he took our sin and he experienced death for us. He experienced hell for us. He died on the cross in our place crying out, it is finished. And on the third day he rose from the grave. He rose from the grave and he offers us the greatest gift ever and it's a free gift. It's the gift of eternal life. And what is eternal life? It's the forgiveness for our sins. It's the opportunity to do life and eternity with Jesus. And what does he require of us to receive this free gift? He teaches us in John 6, verse 47. Will you read this verse with me? Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I could hear me, but not you. Let's try it again. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. So who does Jesus say has eternal life? Who? So if you believe, what does he say about you? He says, if you believe, when you go to bed tonight, you know you're forgiven. It means every day of your life, you get to do life with Jesus. You get to do eternity with Jesus. Doesn't that make you want to honor him? Doesn't that make you want to thank him? And, and listen, if you've not believed, don't you want to believe? But Smiley, what does it mean to believe in Jesus? Uh, it, it's rather simple. It really is as simple as ABC where we admit and believe and commit. 
Listen, if you've never received this gift, won't you receive this gift before you go? You can receive it right now. Or as I close in prayer, I'll give you an opportunity. But it starts when we admit, Jesus, I've sinned against you. I've not honored you. I've not given you thanks. I've grumbled. I've complained. I've sinned. And then we believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And the commit means we trust Jesus. Jesus, I'm going to turn from trusting that I can earn life with God, and I'm trusting what you did for me on the cross. I want you to come in and forgive me and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Uh, I, I want to follow you as you give me strength. Won't you do that? Won't you do that? And if you have, listen to what 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15 says. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Do you know why we give when we come to worship? We come to say thank you. We want to honor you. We want to thank you. Thanks for this indescribable gift. You have forgiven me. Thank you. Every day of my life, I get to do life with you. I get to do eternity with you. Thank you. So our loving response to Jesus, the reason we we give in worship is because we want to honor and thank him. The reason we give in worship is because we want to follow Jesus, to follow Jesus, don't we? When we become a believer, Jesus says, follow me, follow me. And I want you to know the one we are following is incredibly generous, isn't he? So as we begin to follow the generous one, we find that we become generous too, don't we? Oh, um, let me show you a verse about Jesus in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. Some verses are so amazing, they take my breath away. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich, the one who owned everything uh, became a person. And you know, he didn't say, well, I'll become a person as long as I can stay in a five-star hotel, right? He left heaven and he was born in a barn, right? And he grew up poor and when he died, all that he had well, was, on his, was on his back, right? And he died on a garbage dump, naked, between two thieves. Why? Why did he do that? Why did he do that? He did it for you and me so that we who were poor might become rich. As we follow the one who is radically generous, how can we not be radically generous too, right? Oh, so, so listen, our response to, to Jesus is we honor him and thank him in our giving. We follow him in our giving and it gives us an opportunity to trust him. The one point in our worship service where we actually truly do worship, where we trust God is when we give, because when we give, we're trusting God to take care of us, aren't we? And isn't that what this is saying? <clears throat> honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Listen, honor me, and, and listen, I'll show up and take care of you, right? So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Proverbs 3 is a really interesting chapter. All the, in the first 10 verses, all the odd verses, well, they're not really odd verses, all the odd number verses, all the odd number verses, they offer us counsel. 
and wisdom and all the even verses offer us the incentive for following the wisdom. Let me show you verse 1, an odd verse. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Listen, don't forget my commandments. Now here's the incentive. Here's why you should do it. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Well, that makes sense to me. How about verse 3? Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. That's the wisdom. Why should we do that? So that you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. It'll give you favor with God and men. Uh, verse 5, once again, here's the wisdom. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. Well, why should we listen to that? In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Verse 7, verse 7, what's the wisdom given? Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Well, why? Why should we do that? It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. And that brings us to verse 9, right? Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Why? So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. The Bible teaches that when we give Everyone wins, and we need to trust God for that. Uh, I'm glad everyone wins when we give because everyone didn't win yesterday. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. Yesterday hurt, but when we give to Jesus, when we give to Jesus, everyone wins. Do you know when we, when we give, God wins? We honor God? That's why it says, honor the Lord? <laughs> Listen, Jesus takes stingy people, and he transform the, transforms them into radically generous people. And he gets the glory for that. I know because I was one. Listen, not only was I stingy when I was younger, I stole all the time. I stole from my brothers. I stole from servers. I stole from everyone I could. And then I met Jesus. And he changed me. But he didn't just change me from stealing. He changed me so that I would become radically generous and enjoy it. God gets glory for that. I didn't change myself. God changed me. And he changes people. Is he changing you? When we give, we honor God. People see that Jesus changes people. When we give, we bless other people. When we give, we're investing in the gospel. The gospel, did you know there's a cure for death? There's only one cure for death. It's the gospel. And once people take the gospel, they don't need any more boosters. It's once for all. Isn't that good? And we invest in the gospel, the cure for death. How can you have the cure for death and keep it to yourself in a world where people are scared of death? And when we give, we're investing in making disciples here and around the world. Last Sunday was special. Um, Tony, our kids' director, here's what she said about last Sunday. Last Sunday, kids and leaders in the children's ministry and the had the time of their lives sharing the gospel through the carving of a pumpkin. Have you ever thought about how people can be like pumpkins? We're so thankful that God carves out our yuckiness and puts his light inside of us so we can shine bright for Jesus. Last Sunday, kids gathered in small groups, discussed the light of Jesus, and got to go from station to station in their costumes to play festival games together. Thank you to those who pray for, support, and serve in our kids' ministry. 
So Tony set up this week, and then I get this email this week. Listen, this is so good. Um, Pastor Smiley, my kids and I are vacationing from out of town. Some really hard things have been happening in our lives. Do you ever think about that's why it's so important to be here? Because people have really difficult things happening, and we're here to encourage them. Some really hard things have been happening in our lives, and we just needed some time away from it all at the ocean with God. See, she understood how important personal worship is. She wanted to be with God at the ocean. But there's just something about being in the water that quickly connects my heart to God's heart. Anyway, on Sunday morning, I had such a longing to worship with God's people. See, she had personal worship. She wanted corporate worship, right? I wanted to worship with God's people. Anyway, I had such a knowledge for, wor- for longing to worship with God's people. I did a Google search for what was around and saw that Good News was doing family costumes, which I knew my kids would enjoy. Glanced at some of the information on the site and didn't see any red flags. So decided to see what happened. Pastor Smiley, I was so delighted and encouraged by my one Sunday at your church. The people I interacted with were all so loving. Thank you for welcoming people and loving them. Um, The music was worshipful, and the highlight for me was your gospel-filled message. Thank you for letting the Lord speak through you to my heart as you shared his word with passion and love and truth. It was one of those Sundays where I was so very thankful to be a part of the body of Christ. I don't know about you, but we live in a crazy world. I love Sunday, don't you? I get to be with people who love Jesus like I do and welcome other people whose hearts so long for that. I was so very thankful to be a part of the body of Christ, and it was a privilege to see him so evidently working through people, basking in his love and then overflowing with it to others, using the gifts that God had given to them, love in Christ, Mandy. She even remembered what we talked about, right? We love because he first loved us. She said, your people were being loved and they were loving. She made my week. That's what we get to do when we invest in what God's doing. Uh, and that's with kids. And then I get a picture like this of our, of our student ministry. We have amazing small group leaders who are, who are discipling those in their small group. And And here's a picture of our small group leaders and the students they're discipling. And that's what we're investing in when we invest in the Lord. Listen, we're blessing other people. And not only that, but when you give, you're blessing people around the world. We've helped to plant over 135 churches around the world in 28 countries since 2005. That's what happens. Everyone wins when you give. We honor God that he's changing us. We bless others with the gospel, opportunities for people to be discipled, for churches to be planted. And you know what? We win too. We win too. Every Sunday is meant to be an adventure that we give, and then God says, I'm going to show up in your life in some special way. Isn't that what he's saying? Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Man, I have been honoring God in my giving for a long, long time and it's always so amazing how God shows up and meets our needs because everyone wins when we trust God and give. So listen, giving is an act of worship. Uh, 
It's how we honor him and thank him. It's, it's how we follow him. It's how we trust him. So, so guess what the action stuff is going to be this week? Bet you can't guess, right? I want you to worship God in your giving. I want you to see that worship is a, it, 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 to worship God in your giving. And what I want you to do is to ask a question, am I honoring God with my giving? Um, now, I want you to look at verse 9. It's actually two income streams here. Did you pick it up? Honor the Lord from your wealth. So I think we need to ask the question, am I honoring God with my wealth? And then the next part, notice there's an and, not or, and from the first of all your produce. The second part is, am I honoring God from my income? So am I honoring God with my wealth, and am I honoring God with my income? Let's start with income. Well, well, what would it look like to, to honor God with our income? I really believe the Bible teaches that, that tithing is the, is the starting point for honoring God with our giving. And some of you say, well, what is tithing? So I want to take advantage of this. Look at this cartoon here, this comic. Dr. Sheldon takes advantage of his congregation's lack of knowledge of the Greek language. So he says, actually, uh, the Greek word for tithe means 25%. Now, a lot of you are Greek scholars, you know that's not true, right? But once you hear 25%, 10% doesn't sound too bad, right? Tithe means 10%, and some of you, you're kidding me. Really? I love to go out to eat. You ever go out to eat? Do you know what happens when I go out to eat? A server brings me a drink, and then they bring me, um, you know, something to eat. And I used to steal their tip. But now you know what I do? I always give them way more than 20%. They just brought me food and, and water. What has Jesus given to me? He's given me life. He's given me breath. He's given me forgiveness. He's given me eternal life. And I'm going to say to Jesus, like, 10% is too much? Listen, if, if you think 10% is way too much, I just encourage you to just spend some time with Jesus. R open up your Bible to 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, and, and just read, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. And then just ask him, listen, is 10% is unreasonable? Is, I, I don't think you can do that. I think if you look at Jesus, you'll be glad to honor him uh, with 10%. So that's part of it. Listen, am I honoring the Lord with my income? Now the second question is, am I honoring him with my wealth? And, and you say, well, well, what is that? Uh, Karen and I have put Good News Church in our estate planning. We have six kids, and so our estate will be divided seven ways between our six kids and the uh, church. Let me share with you how impactful that is. The last couple of years have been really tough for all of us, haven't they? And they've been tough for the church. And one of the reasons we've been able to make it through the last 10 years, or the last two years, is because several people have loved Jesus and this church so much, they included good news in their estate. And when they died, their money continued. Their money continued to spread the gospel and make disciples here and around the world. And Karen and I want to do the same, not only to honor God while we're here, but after we're gone. And so I'm going to pick on our leaders first, like our elders and, and, and our staff and our small group leaders. Don't we want to lead like Jesus? If we want our people to honor God through their, their income, don't we go first? 
If we want them to honor God in their estate, wouldn't we want to go first? Didn't Jesus go first and invite us to follow? So I want us to think through, am I honoring God with my income? Am I honoring God with my wealth? And then I want you to worship God in your giving when Sunday comes. I, I love Sundays. I hope one day you'll love Sunday too. Because you know what? I get to spend time with Jesus and his people. I get to give the first time of the week to Jesus. Do you think of it like that? Not only that, but I get to give financially to him first and best because he's most important in my life. Is that true of you? Like with my wife, if you ask her, what's the best time in the service? You know what she would say during the offering? And I know many, many, many of you give online. Thank you. There's still an offering time. When you give online, you can still make the offering special. When the basket is placed, my wife says, thank you. Thank you for being so good to us that we can honor you and thank you in return. Listen, it's that time we can say, Jesus, you're generous and I want to follow you and I want to be generous too. It's that opportunity we can trust him. Jesus, I'm trusting you in my giving that my giving today will honor you as you transform me. I'm giving so that this might spread the gospel around the world. I'm doing this because I'm looking forward to seeing how you show up in my life this week and take care of me. Isn't that how you set your week up for success? You put Jesus first, right? First in our time, first in our giving, and then we've set our week up that we might follow him all week long, right? So let's remember, giving is an act of worship. So when Sunday comes, let's worship God in your giving. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that though you were rich, you became poor so that we who were poor might become rich beyond our wildest imaginations. Thank you. Listen, if you've never received the free gift of eternal life, won't you? Jesus is here. Won't you just say, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come in and be my Savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Well, if you've done that for the first time, way to go. Won't you mark it on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. Jesus, I pray for those of us who have received this free gift that that we would spend time with you this week and just ask the question, am I honoring God with my giving? Am I honoring God with my wealth? And Lord, I pray that Sunday by Sunday as we gather and we worship you, that we would worship you in our giving. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.